listen. Friendship. Entertainment. That's right, folks. Welcome to Get Super with your host, me, Mario B. That was uh, my new podcast assistant, Al. He usually does sports. He came in totally not a text-to-speech guy, you know, just a just a real a real regular guy. I don't have a lot to talk about this episode. I'm just going to chit-chat with you. I'm just going to do a little chit-chatting. Um, I did want to bring up some MCU rumors and uh, news, and I, I did want to talk about... Uh, the differences between NXT and AEW, um, and some some stuff I found to be uh, underrated. That's really that I have on the uh, agenda today. Let's see. Uh, Chris Hawk from of Cinema Seven invited me out last night to see Bill Burr live. His brother Tyler Hawk had to uh, work late, so he asked me to fill in, and I was like, "Sure, I'll tag along." Bill Burr was kind of a hit or miss for me. Uh, I loved when he set up uh, conservative or right-wing folks in his jokes. Um, I didn't care for the fat-shaming stuff. I thought that was uh, stupid. I think Tyler Hawk would have loved every minute of it. It's a shame he didn't get to go. Um, I had fun, though. Uh, when, when I went over to Chris Hawk's, I, I got Chris Hawk. I got John Kenoki also. I got uh, our friend George. I got them lightsabers. So I brought this lightsaber over for Chris Hawk. And... Um, Look, I had this job. I was working in crawl spaces. I would work a lot of overtime, so I accumulated a lot of uh, money for uh, a few paychecks that I got from them. And I decided to buy my friend's lightsabers. Okay? Anyway, back to the story. His kids who call me uh, Uncle Mario, they, uh, they were uh, playing with them. So my niece and nephew were battling their dad. And, uh, you know, I think, I think they kicked his butt. Uh, but when it was my turn to go, they proceeded to really beat me up with the lightsabers. Uh, it was pretty awesome. I have a swollen finger now, I got some battle scars. But just like Count Dooku, I'll be back. Good. Twice the pride, double the fall. So Wyatt and Evelyn, you better watch out, because I'm coming back with some vengeance. Uh, talk about underrated stuff, uh... This is kind of what got me into the whole underrated, you know, what is underrated, who is underrated uh, thought process. But I was watching Kingsman and Mark Hamill's in it, and I was like, Mark Hamill's such an underrated actor. Everything I've seen in him in, I think he's been fantastic. Uh, it, it was surprising, though, to me that Kingsman came out nine years ago. And it's funny, because my grandmother, uh, she was watching a movie. Three Days to Kill with Kevin Costner, and uh, that was also nine years old. I don't even—I don't think I've ever seen or heard of that movie. 
until the other day. But before I get into anything, I do want to mention the movie Another Body. It's a documentary that shows the dangers to women on the internet, adding more anxiety and fears women already have in today's society. But it's crazy how technology, especially the ability to cut and crop a face in certain programs and place it on another person, can affect them without them even knowing it. And it's uh, pretty scary. It's about how the use of deep fake technology and, and follows a, a few women whose faces have been uh, inserted into porn and a few women are affected by this and, and how it could be scary for women in general. Um, I can only imagine how many women this is actually happening to. and It's terrifying. It just shows you that we have to protect our loved ones, the women in our lives, our partners, uh, you know, from this stuff and, and just support them more. Um, especially with the many fears that women have in, in public settings in general. Uh, the movie, again, is called Another Body. It's a documentary. Uh, hopefully you guys check it out. Uh, but back to some underrated stuff. Uh, I, I it, Now, this is a terrible movie probably to, to transition to, but I put on Ted 2 the other night, and I was watching it before I went to bed. I was, I was trying to fall asleep to it, and a lot of stuff wasn't as funny as I remember. Uh, but I will say the shaky cam argument scene in La La Land completely ripped off and copied from Ted 2. Ted 2 did this shaky cam argument way before La La Land. I guess while my, my brain's all over the place, um, let me just mention that uh, last episode, I tried to have it be kind of a Halloween episode. Kind of, not really. Maybe a little bit. Uh there were so many horror movies I could have used quotes from. Um, I used some from movies I really like. I did use two crow quotes, I know, but uh, they were good quotes. Too good of quotes not to use. Uh, I do like horror movies, but I don't know if I have any favorites. You know, I, I kind of just enjoy them all. I do believe horror movies deserve more credit at the Academy Awards, especially especially the actors. Actors go all out to act scared and, and all that jazz and, and just make it believable. And I think they deserve more credit for um, th those roles uh, that, that they portray in horror movies. Well, I do really enjoy the first and second Jeepers Creepers movies. I think they are pretty entertaining. The first one gives me anxiety like crazy. Another horror movie, probably Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors, is pretty good in my opinion. It's been a while since I've seen it, but... When I watched it for the first time, I remember I enjoyed the boss fight-like element or the let's fight back premise. I, th I th always thought that was pretty cool. And for uh, a very soft Halloween episode last week, it was kind of weird for me, I guess, to end the episode on a Mick Jagger song featuring Lady Gaga and Stevie Wonder, but I kind of set it up in the beginning because I mentioned I like Rolling Stone songs. I just hate Mick Jagger's voice. Speaking of the, uh, the underrated, you know, I do feel like Live Free or Die Hard is criminally underappreciated as an action movie. I feel like John McClane was John Wick way before John Wick. Like, the action in Live Free or Die Hard alone are some of the most phenomenal sequences I've ever seen. Like, it's just crazy to me how that movie isn't recognized more for... Uh, a lot of the action stuff in that movie. Another underrated blockbuster to me is the the Mummy with Tom Cruise. In my opinion, I enjoyed it. 
I didn't think it was that bad. I remember John and I, John from Cinema 7, John Kenoki, we reviewed it, and you can go back into the archives and listen to that episode, but I remember we liked it at the time. Another movie I always liked was the Super Mario Brothers movie from the early 90s. It's not because my name is Mario, okay? But as a kid, I always enjoyed it, and I thought it was, as an adult, I'm like, I like that movie. I don't understand why people think that movie's so bad. I guess because it's not exactly like Mario or Super Mario Brothers, but um, I don't know. I don't think everything always has to be like the source material to be good, and I enjoyed it. It's nostalgia for me now. Uh, John Carter is another one of my favorites that I find to also be underrated. I love John Carter a lot. John Carter is really good, in my opinion. I, I Just because it didn't make a lot of money in the box office doesn't mean it's bad. I think we judge movies on that too much sometimes, how much money it makes instead of the, the, the entertaining factor of the movie. Continuing to uh, move forward here, uh, I did see the trailer for The Shogun Show. It's going to be on Hulu FX. Uh, I know I say interesting a lot, and throughout the six years of Cinema 7, you know, I, I, I said interesting all the time when so I found something interesting. And you're going to have to get used to it because everything is interesting until it's not. And this does look interesting, but it does look like The Last Samurai. Um, just give me a fully authentic samurai movie or a show with no white people and it's just completely action. Or just give me a Star Wars Samurai 7 movie, finally, please. Thank you. Now, my uncle did tell me it was based off of a book or a graphic novel in the uh, 70s. And if it's based on that, I guess it's cool. I just, I just want not Last Samurai stuff. And God forbid, can we get a Predator Samurai movie? Please. Okay? Apparently, they're, they want to do World War II. My uncle even suggested one time Predator in Vietnam. That would be pretty sweet. But Shogun, um, I'm going to watch it. I'm real big into Samurai stuff. Uh, so, I'm all about it. Martial arts, Samurai things. I'm all in. I think I'm just in love with Japanese culture in general because of how humble and respectful they are. Uh, I'm sure they have issues, and I know they can be pretty racist, uh, unexpectedly, you know, not knowing that they are, but uh, their culture is usually pretty respectful and humble and honorable, and I really, I, I love that about their culture. All right, now let's talk about some rumors. I only have two rumors this time, so uh, not a lot to talk about. Rumors and stuff. I saw a rumor that a Nintendo Switch 2 is in the works. Uh, the rumor is that it's supposedly going to be called Super Play. It's also uh, expected to have uh, Super Nintendo-inspired buttons. 
Uh, I saw the article posted by uh, Sports Kedia. Sports Kedia. I don't know if I said that right. But yeah, um, Nintendo Switch 2, I guess we need it. I don't think we do. I still use my regular Switch. Uh, I got the Switch LOED last year, beginning of the year. I gave my old Switch to my niece and nephew, which is probably broke by now. Or my niece my niece and nephews, my brother's kids, and um, not Chris Hawk's kids. I don't want to confuse the audience. My brother, my real brother, uh, well, I mean, Chris Hawk's my real brother. John Kenoki's my real brother. My friends are all my real brothers. Uh, my biological brother, Jonathan, his kids, um, I gave them a Switch. My old Switch, and I hope it's one piece still. I mean, I'll I'll, I'll eventually get it, um, I guess, if it's got more things to it, if the screen's a little bigger or something, uh, if there's no Joy-Con drift, you know, I'll eventually get it. I play a, I play a lot of multiplayer games. I play a lot of... Um, games where I can play with my friends. Uh, I, I'm not a big, like, Call of Duty guy. I'm not a big uh, first-person shooter guy. I play... I play... I don't consider myself big into first-person shooters. I... Because I'm not very good. Like, I don't play them every day. I play them when my friends want to play. I play them when certain friends are online. Um, like, my friend Alberto, a uh, friend of the podcast, uh for many years I used to use his uh he I recorded him saying yes and no and I would use it every now and then but him and I, I when he wants to I I'll play Battlefield with him uh Battlefield 2040 whatever and then um I played Warzone with uh a couple buddies of mine when they wanted to play that cuz there was nothing else to play and uh I play Fortnite with my friend Brandon Fortnite is a lot more fun than I realized it was. Shame. It is a money trap, though, with all the skins and accessories and stuff. Uh, but, you know, I've been gaming my whole life, and uh, I have had every Nintendo console. So, if this comes out, I'll probably definitely get it. And my name's Mario, so I have to collect all the Super Mario games. It's weird because my, my family calls me Mario and people outside of my family are not from or not from the area I'm from. They say Mario and people ask me when they hear my family say, is it Mario or Mario? To me, it doesn't matter. <laughs> However you want to say it. <laughs> anyway, the, the other rumor was uh, the Marvels apparently had a, um, an underwhelming test screening. Or a couple underwhelming test screenings, and uh, they went under extensive reshoots. Back when the Internet Collective was shaming DC and WB for this, shame. Uh, it seems now that it's just a big studio thing to do. Uh, Disney and WB are uh, more alike than we like to think, I guess. The Marvel movies up until Endgame were pretty well protected with their build-up and, you know, the solo movies and the meet-up Avengers films. Uh, but now uh, they 
believe they can't do any wrong, I guess, based on the money uh, and the success in the past. I think it's biting them in the ass. Because, you know, there's a lot of issues with the uh, shows, too. You know, the way they film and and produce the shows. It seems like reshoots are the thing that they do. They they film it. They kind of go. They kind of work the story as they go, and then they do reshoots to to fit whatever they came up with as the show went on. And I guess now they're starting to, because of the writer strike is over, they're starting to bring in more television writers to write these shows. But I, I mean, I can complain all day about what I think about MCU movies. I've, I've done it on Cinema 7 for years. You know, uh, obviously, there's a lot of things I don't like about them. There is a lot that I like about them. Uh, I'm a big superhero nut. I grew up with superheroes, so I'm always going to be, you know, I, I, I was in the collecting comics. And uh, I'm always going to go see a superhero movie. But it, I don't know, it just... I think the cracks in the armor are now showing to the public. And, uh, you know, they've been blaming the failure of Star, the Star Wars sequels and this Marvel run lately on, on uh, the wrong things. And I, I think they're focusing on the wrong strategies to regain that success. I liked the first uh, Captain Marvel movie. I went to see it with my, my ex-partner. And her and I, I think, really liked it. She was excited to see it. People that get excited about things make me excited. And I think how much she liked a lot of the movie and, and the things that made her excited about it when we saw it made me have a better, I don't know, it was, just, it was a good movie-going experience to go see that movie with her, I guess. She, I mean, she might have different opinions about the movie afterwards, I, I don't really recall. But uh, at the time, it was fun. And... and the trailers for the Marvels has made me pretty excited to see this one. And I, I do want to play a clip from the director of Marvels because I think it's pretty cool what she says. One of my references when I was pitching for the film was from uh, Advent Children. A couple of scenes from that because it's just amazing. It's an amazing movie and that was really great like fight scenes and it's a really great ending sequence with the main character being like thrown into the sky by all the other characters. I actually didn't want it to look like a video game in the sense of what you think of when you think video game. Like it's more linear but obviously they're so cinematic now as well. Like think about the Last of Us cutscenes or Horizon Zero Dawn cutscenes but it's a very different style. So for me it was like from the best kinds of games the best sort of stories that you get. That's sort of what inspires me to play and I think inspires people to watch movies like this. I'm now a fan of hers and I'm even more excited to see this movie now. I just think Marvel and Disney just need to make better movies. Uh, Use superheroes to create a great film using the art form and the filmmaking, you know, and not just uh, a glossy CGI slugfest to make money off of, I guess. Sludge. Sludge fest, I should say. Sludge fest, I should say. There, I can finally say words. And DC, WB, just give us Batgirl. I want to see that movie. I don't care what the screenings were. I don't care what what happened. Just give us Batgirl. Um, they also reported that She-Hulk and WandaVision didn't add FVX until after the premieres aired. I I, I don't know how that's possible because. You know, you have to, they had visual effects in the first episode. Um, I, I don't understand how you cannot add that stuff till afterwards. Unless, that doesn't make sense to me. Unless they're saying that the 
visual effects were added right before the premieres aired. I don't know. I didn't read the article because articles can be so drawn out and not get to the point. And, you know, it's a whole mess sometimes with articles. And article titles are very misleading on purpose. Honestly, whatever the issues are for Marvel and Disney, uh, they they only have themselves to blame, realistically. Here it comes! <laughs> So as I'm posting this today, it's Wednesday already. So uh, AEW will air tonight. But last week on AEW, uh, November 1st, uh, when I was watching it, it, it wasn't that great of an episode. Um, some of the stuff, I don't know, it, it, it seemed, it started off good. Uh, then it got a little lackluster. But it but it ended on a on a high note. Um, as a former wrestler and and kind of grown up around it my whole life, you know, my dad was a wrestler, so uh, I I'm always involved. I'm always in it, you know. And from what I saw, it just seemed like wrestlers were tired or they were extra lazy. They they just didn't seem into it that night. Um, especially Chris Jericho and Kenny Omega in that tag match with uh, Cool Hand Luke and Daddy Magic or whatever his name is it just they didn't seem into that match there was so much uh I, I don't know if their time was shortened or um they were trying to do too much for both parties and it just didn't mesh well i guess the storylines are always good um they just need to stretch them out longer and and try to keep groups and, and people together longer, I think. That's one big issue AEW has, is they get these groups or these factions, and they split them up right away. Like, uh, what was his name? Oh, man, what's his name? Stokely. Stokely. He was the manager of that group. Uh, the Guns and, and Big Bill and Lee Moriarty. Uh, they, it's like that group was like... A thing and then it wasn't a thing like the way they they came together and dismantled it was way too quick you know but it is about what's in the ring with any wrestling lately that that bothers me it just doesn't sit well with me and and sometimes the in-ring match doesn't always help the stories and one big example for me is um and i, I i've been going back to this a lot lately uh, when Seth Rollins faced Matt Riddle, uh, they had this big buildup, you know, talking trash about each other's families and, and, and wives and personal stuff. And, and they built it so much. And the two get in the ring, slow pace to start of the match. Why is Matt Riddle not running into the ring, tackling the man down, and then you can start the match? And it's just full mayhem that's when you should start a match when it's a grudge when it's built up like that when um you've had months of personal stuff like that's when you just get into the match right that's not a time to start off collar nibble tie up like yeah okay you said this crap about my family and how i don't have a family you talked about my personal life my personal demons let me just you know uh, start this match off respectively because I respect you as a competitor. That's not how that stuff works. Now, with NXT, 
every match starts off with no collar and elbow tie-up. And you're telling me every match that I see, there's a personal vendetta to where they started off? That's what you're telling me with the story? Now, I know why you're, you're starting off matches with no collar and elbow tie-up. It's because you want to get right into the action. You want to keep people engaged. You, you, it's a strategy. And I understand that. It's like a video game. You just want to get people to watch and keep their eyes glued on the thing, on the product. And that's why there's a lot of spots in NXT. It's just spots, and there's no time to really uh, sell the spot after the spot has happened. There's no, there's no selling going on um, in between things, and it looks like people are just going through the motions. It doesn't, it doesn't feel like there's any emotion behind what they're doing. And, and that's one of my biggest issues with NXT. Now, back to AEW, the MJF stuff last week was one of the best parts of the night. You know, the main event was good. I loved the finish. Building anticipation for the pay-per-view of MJF versus Jay White, it was perfect. But it, it just seems like sometimes some of these people, they just don't go all out. They, you don't always have to go all out, but it just seems tired and, and lazy with some of the ways they throw a punch or the way they bump before they even get in contact or close to the big boot or super kick or anything, you know, like it just seems there's no empathis, empathism or I don't know if I'm saying the word right, uh, behind a lot of the stuff that these people are doing. And it's frustrating to watch as someone who's grown up with it, been in the in and outs of it. And, and it's annoying. And uh, yes, I like wrestling a certain way. I get that. Some people like wrestling another way. But you're telling a story with your body. And the idea of the story doesn't portray itself to me as a person who's, I guess, overanalyzing part of my ADHD or autism or whatever I have. You know, I, I, know, I definitely have ADHD. I, th- I was diagnosed with that, at least. So I'll go with that. It might be my ADHD where I'm uh, just overthinking what I'm watching. You know, like I l- read into the story differently. I could be uh, thinking that maybe this is the best way to, s- to do the match for the story. I-, I don't know. But I just had problems with some of the in-ring product lately with both AEW and WWE, uh, especially Seth Rollins selling anything, has really bothered me immensely. Now, I do like that AEW puts on the more mature product. Uh, I like that uh, sometimes it seems like AEW matches are more um, logical, even when things are or spots are not logical. If that makes, it doesn't make any sense to a lot of people, but if you're in the business and I think you watch it, I think you might understand what I'm getting at is that it seems like they're allowed to do more. They're allowed to to be creative in the match and and do more of their own thing so that uh, when the match happens, it's taken more serious as a sport and it's not as drawn out or, um, now that now Seth and Drew at, crown jewel people will probably really enjoy 
because of all this, the kickouts and, and the things that happened in that match. It just, I don't think there was any time for stuff to breathe in that match. Also, if you get suplexed off the top rope, and then you get right up and soup and counter with a suplex to Seth Rollins, that should have been a double down, in my opinion. Um, WWE is trending upward. Regardless of what I may think, WWE is trending upward, and that's a good thing. AEW needs to be trending upward, and I think a lot of the internet wrestling community bashing them for not having enough fans and things like that is having them go downslope on the decline, and I think that's sad because, as I talked about a couple episodes ago, you need that competition. You need you need that other brand. You need that alternative. and. Having AEW around makes the wrestling business better. So you, I think if you're a big wrestling fan, you should watch it. You should watch all of it. You should support all of it. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Uh, there, there is a lot of wrestlers I like nowadays, like especially indie guys like uh, Myron Reed. I think he needs to be signed by someone. Uh, I, I don't know if he wants to be signed, but I think he definitely needs to be signed. Uh, I saw that Lucky Ali did well on his uh, tryouts and he's going to possibly go to the performance center at WWE. I seen him wrestle in DPW in uh, North Carolina a few times. He was their champion for a while. Lucky Ali, I think has the psychology stuff down. I think he, he takes time in between his, his spots and his moves to sell and to look at the crowd and and do certain things. So I think he's going to only get better. What as he moves up? Also, it, why didn't they just give LA Knight the title? I understand the big thing is giving Cody Rhodes back the belt at WrestleMania 40, and and I think it's a shame they didn't give Cody Rhodes the belt at the last WrestleMania because that's when he should have won it. He earned it, right? He got to the he won the Royal Rumble. He he made his way back from injury. It seemed like he earned it then. Now you're giving it to him. Like, it feels like you're just giving it to him. And, and I don't know how I feel about that. Not saying that when you want to give the belt to somebody, just give it to him. But, I, I mean, it doesn't feel character and storyline-wise, it doesn't feel earned, I guess. It just, it, I think this reign of his after he gets the belt is going to be lackluster. I feel like L.A. Knight was such a driving force of moving up and up and up. You should have just gave him the title then. Now, I listen to all the, the Legends podcasts. Uh, you know, Eric Bischoff, Kevin Nash, Mick Foley, Jim Ross. I, uh, I listen to them all. Um, and I remember Eric Bischoff was saying, like, sometimes you have to shock the audience. Sometimes you have to do the unexpected. And I think that's what they should have done with LA Knight. Is just gave him the belt and had him run with it for a few months. We'll see how his rise goes now after this loss, but I feel like it kind of dampers his his uh, character now in, in the WWE. I think that with the uh, you know with him losing, you're gonna have to really do a lot to make him feel special after it because he was going up, 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 and this is the pinnacle, right? The championship, and he loses. So now you gotta somehow keep him at the level that he was at with the fans in the storylines following. You know, the same concept kind of is uh, used in movies, right? You, like, 
what do you do after the first movie? You go so big, so huge in the first movie. What are you going to do for the second movie? You know what I mean? What, what's your follow-up to how big you went in this first one? In movies, you got to be grounded. In wrestling, you just can only go up. And they could have kept LA Knight going up. Maybe not the best analogy for some people, but uh, I can see it in my brain, and it makes sense to me. And one last thing I want to add that that I think is cool. Um, I think that Big Show, Jake the Snake, Sting, Ric Flair, these these guys that are coming into AEW as managers, or even when Tully Blanchard was there, Arn Anderson, they're using them as managers. But it's cool that these guys who were on TBS or TNT back in the day are again on TNT and TBS, and they're using that to kind of build up the new generation of wrestlers and I really enjoy I just I think it's cool that they're back on the on those networks. I think it's cool. But that I mean that's all I really have for you this episode. I I, I didn't uh have a lot to bring to the table this week, but I hope I, I filled in enough time and and made some good points. I hope it wasn't too much complaining for me. I apologize if it was. Uh, I don't want to sound like a complainer or anything like that. Um, yeah, I haven't seen any movies. Uh, I did catch up on Gen V. I watched the rest of Gen V. That was uh, the ending. Whew. Like, I, fuck Homelander. Okay, I hate Homelander. I'm pissed off. That that ending pissed me off. My God. Now these four people are trapped. Our heroes are trapped. And we have to wait for the boys to come out to see what happens next. Which apparently they announced that the boys season four in story the plot is going to be a few days after the end of the events of uh Gen V. Uh Invincible is on Amazon Prime as well that season 2. Uh I started watching some of that. That is it's a really good show. It was recommended to me rec- it was recommended to me. Guys, I guys, I just can't talk. I just can't talk. It was recommended to me by a good man Ron and I watched it and off of his recommendation, and loved it, and now I'm watching season two, and my friend Berto watches it, so speaking of my friend Berto, he suggested an anime for me to watch on Crunchyroll called Ferren, Ferren, Beyond Journey's End, I watched it up until episode six, I think that's all that's out right now, is six episodes, I could be wrong, maybe I fell asleep and more played, and I just didn't realize it. It's really good. It's a fantasy kind of uh, anime, but it's very, it's kind of epic. The way, like, the music and the pacing, the way the story goes, it, it, it just is a fantasy epic. And for an anime, it's pretty darn good. And the art is, is really well done. So I like it. That was a good recommendation. Uh, if you like anime, uh, give that anime a try. It's on Crunchyroll. Now, I don't know what other shows are coming out. Uh, this year besides Shogun, but I think I have my top five TV shows nailed. I can go over that on an episode towards the end of the year. I also have my top 10 movies. There are still a lot of movies I need to see, but uh, it's starting to shape up and it's, we're coming down to the wire. So at the end of the year, I'll go over my top 10 movies and stuff like we used to do on cinema seven. Yeah, there, there was a cup. There was only a couple, uh, influencers or or people on social media like TikTok and Instagram, I wanted to uh, give a shout out to on the podcast. Um, 
one that I, I follow on TikTok, and it's been very eye-opening to my ADHD and, and, and learning more about myself and, and uh, starting to see patterns of certain things and triggers. Um, it's called ADHD Love, and it's this couple who, uh, I believe they wrote a book. They're bringing awareness to a lot of things in ADHD. Um, it, it's just, if you have ADHD or if you're in a relationship uh, and one of you have ADHD or both of you do, which I think that was the case for my last relationship, I think this page is very helpful. And I think these two uh, go about it in a really in a cool, authentic way. The other is uh, Little Katie TV. Uh, she does movie reviews. She posts stuff about movie news. Uh, fun little clips and, and things like that about uh, her opinion on movies and, and you know, castings. And uh, I really like her, her reviews. I, I think it's uh, short and to the point. Um, it's not, you know, overly done. And she has really uh, unique opinions about things. And uh, it's cool to see someone's film journey, I guess, play out on social media. So. If you like movies, if you're a movie goer, a movie buff, if you uh, want to see someone's movie journey and you're not very judgmental and you're very open to other people's opinions, I think you should check out Little Katie TV on uh, Instagram and TikTok. But anyway, that's the end of this podcast. I want to give a thanks to uh, my newest and latest podcast assistant, Al, not Texas Speech, just a real, real person talking. And uh, because I've had this trend going, I'm probably going to fire you, Al, because I, I need a new assistant for next episode. Fuck you, Mario. Hey, hey, fuck you, Al. Okay. That's how this business works. Okay. You're, you know what? You're definitely fired. Okay. I'm getting a different podcast assistant next episode just because of that, even though I was already going to do it, but fuck you. No mental health stuff this episode. I didn't know what to talk about. I didn't have anything uh, to talk about. I talked about a lot of things going on with me, things I was learning in the last two episodes. Uh, if I get a topic though, and, and I wanted to talk about it and relate to it, I'll open up and be vulnerable with all of you. I hope you guys join me next episode. Uh, I never thought I'd get in an argument with a fake person. Person does not exist. Who's not even really there. These just words being brought to voice. But again, fuck you, Al. And, uh, yeah, I'll see you guys on the next episode of Get Super. Thank you for listening.